Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And finally, the nominees for Best Picture voted by all members of the Academy <sighs> are... Okay. Ready? Ready. The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank. Minari. Nomadland. Promising Young Woman. Sound of Metal. And last... The Trial of the Chicago 7. Woo! Well, I am already strategizing my Oscars pool. Congratulations to all of these incredible nominees. Wow, what a year. And thank you for joining us. And watch the Oscars live on Sunday, April 25th, only on ABC. everyone and welcome to an episode of the next best picture podcast i am your host matt neglia time of recording is 906 p.m on march 15th 2021 you know what that means it was oscar nomination time for us here over at next best picture here to join me today to talk about the nominations for the 93rd academy awards i have michael schwartz hello everyone nicole ackman hi everybody tom o'brien hey everybody Ryan C. Showers. Hello, hello. And Dan Bear. Filling in for uh, Oscar nominee Dick Poop. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. So we all got up at the crack of dawn. Some of us even before that. Tom, I salute you, sir. I I, I don't know how you did it. Thank you. All, all you people on the West Coast that wake up at an ungodly hour to do this all the time. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> It's one of many reasons why I will not move to the West Coast and I will continue to stay in New York for as long as I possibly can. <laughs> but this is a very, very big time for all of us. We finally have the nominations for this year's Oscars. You know, in a normal year, the Oscars would probably be over by now. But we are just getting started now with this new phase. From now up until April 25th, we're going to be wondering who is going to win in these categories. So just a little bit over a month until then... There's a lot to talk about. The nominations uh, started at 8.19 a.m. And we're going to go through these category by category, give our thoughts, our disappointments, surprises, maybe some facts that we learned along the way. And of course, maybe we'll even break some friendships we made along the way. I don't know. Oh, okay. Here to start things <laughs> off, I'm going to just kind of go around really quick and uh, without getting specific, Michael, green, yellow, red. How are you feeling about today's nominations? I'm feeling yellow, I would say. Uh, let me put that in context. When you look at the 2020 and first two months of 2021 film year, personally speaking, I thought it was somewhat of a weak year for movies overall. So 
from my view, there was only so much to work with in assembling these nominations. And for the most part, given what they had to work with, I think they did a fine job. I don't personally like all these selections, but it's not supposed to represent the views of one Michael Schwartz. It's supposed to rep represent the views of over 10,000 Academy members. So I suppose it served its purpose in that regard. Uh, you have a lot of diversity here, both in terms of genre and performers and you know just things all around. So that's always good to see. It was nice to see some of my favorites recognized. But you know, even if they didn't recognize any of them, I probably would have had the same reaction just given uh, the overall state of the movies this year. So given the circumstances, it was fine. But I wouldn't call this one of the great Oscar years by any stretch of the imagination. OK. All right. Tom O'Brien, what about you, sir? I'm going to be uncharacteristically optimistic, and I, I'm going to say green. Nice. This yes, is, Tom. I, I think this is this is one of the best group of films I remember seeing uh, nominated in many many years. Um, part of the thing that really makes me very encouraged, uh, which I previously mentioned, was the um, the fact that unlike last year when we had four movies that got nominations in double digits, we only had one. And then that one was just barely in double, double digits. They've really spread the love with six films getting six nominations and another prominent one or two getting five. So uh, there is love all around. And uh, I really, really was impressed with uh, the voters of, uh, uh, insight into some of these. This is this is really a good group, and uh, I'm really really hopeful that uh, the uh, ultimate winners will reflect what a good year it's been. Okay, Nicole, what about you? Oh, I'm a strong green. Uh, I've I've not been quiet about the fact that I actually quite like 2020 as a film year, and I'm frankly thrilled with these Oscar nominations. There's only a couple of snubs that made me sad, and there's you know a lot more films that I like in this year than in previous years. I can say this is one of the first years in a while that I can genuinely say I at least like every single one of the Best Picture nominees. So I'm frankly thrilled. And honestly, there was also a thing that occurred that I'm sure we'll talk about later that um, I cried during the Oscar nominations this morning out of pure joy. So I'm really happy. Well, I'm glad I didn't have you on the Zoom reaction for that then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would have made for some excellent uh, video watching, actually. Uh, I'm more on that later. <laughs> All right. Ryan C. Showers, green, yellow, red. I'm green. Like, I, I would describe myself as overall happy. Um, I'm kind of like, I don't know, with the nominations today, it feels like all of the passion that has been built up um, over the past couple of weeks and months leading up to the nominations, it's kind of like, it, feel, it, it, feels, it feels kind of gone in a way. Like, I feel neutral about them. Like, they are what they are. They're here. There's no more worrying about them. There's no more, um, like, getting excited about them. They're, they're here. They're what, they're what they are. And they're good. Um, and I can't complain too much because um, my top two favorite films of the year um, did, were dynamite with the Academy, promising young woman in Nomadland. So I, I was very, I was very happy. And they, there were some nice surprises. I wish that there would have been more um, surprises, but, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. There are a couple of things that I was disappointed with, and there were some choices I would have decided otherwise. But um, I'm generally okay. Okay, Dan Bear. Um, I am also very green on this year. I don't think there was any single nomination that I looked at and went like, come the fuck on Academy that <laughs> really, um, to the point where it made me so upset and the things that were, um, anything that was like 
a perceived snub was not was clearly not something that they just um that they hated it was more like well that was just clearly the thing that ended up in sixth or seventh place this time uh and with like there were some all-time great surprising um in a good way nominations this morning and those things were so good and so unexpected and made me so happy that they almost made uh, any of the uh, weird snubs or nominations that made me give heavy side eye vanish. Um, overall, I think this was a very good year for film. And I think the nominations reflect that it was a very good year for film. And these are a really good set of nominees. I think they did really, really well. I'm mixed overall on the film year. I like that it is a group of smaller movies that were all in contention for this this time around, as opposed to something, you know, big and grand like a 1917 or Irishman. But the actual Oscar lineup itself, I have to say, I'm in the green. I was very pleasantly surprised that some of the shocking WTF heartbreaking snubs that I was expecting because, you know, let's face it, the Academy will sometimes throw a snub at us and we'll be like, WTF Academy, what's going on? <laughs> that didn't really seem to happen. The snubs that we did get were pretty much all called by us on our predictions podcast or we all had an inkling that they might happen. I'll admit there were some that hurt more than others, but overall ac across the board, uh, you have a very, very diverse acting lineup. Uh, I think it's actually the most that we've ever seen. You have two women nominated for uh, Best Director. Lee Isaac Chung also in there. Uh, oh, let's also just throw in a European international film director for good measure. Mm. There's just a lot going on here. And we're going to get into the specifics here in just a second. But overall, I, I agree a lot with what Dan said. It feels like the surprises were good surprises as opposed to heartbreaking I want to kill myself and take the Twitter and rage uh, surprises and and then of course there are heartbreaking things that we've been preparing for for a long time like defy bloods underperforming you know we, we were all bracing ourselves for that so it didn't come as like a huge shock in any way you know Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So, with all that out of the way, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> let's talk about the 
Oscar nominations. Let's start off first with the shorts, because I'm just really curious to know if anybody has any familiarity here with the shorts. Uh, we have Best Animated Short, uh, Burrow, Genius Loshi, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, Yes People, Documentary Short, we have Colette, A Concerto is a con Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, A Love Song for Latasha, and Best Live Action Short, Feeling Through, Valletta Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. What did you guys make of the shorts? Has anyone seen any of the shorts? I saw Burrow on Disney Plus, which would have played before Soul, but you can still watch it if you're going to watch Soul on Disney Plus. It's actually very cute and well made, huh. so it deserves a nomination here. Okay. I haven't watched it yet, but I've been tracking the progress of the letter room. <laughs> ah, I wonder why. Well, but I follow Elvira Lind on uh, Instagram, and so I've been seeing her talk about the making of, of this short for a, a while now, uh, obviously because of my love for Oscar Isaac. So that's the one obviously that I am like the most aware of. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward though. I, one of my goals for this year is to like actually properly make sure that I watch all of the shorts, uh, which is something that I often leave till later, but this year I'm a little bit more ahead on there. Aren't as many of those like films that I was putting off having to watch until they got nominated for an Oscar for me to catch up on. So I'm really excited. I've heard good things about a lot of these actually. That's actually going to be a question I will ask you guys all later. Um, I'm going to save that for the end. Which one of the Oscar-nominated films have you not seen that you need to catch up on? And I will ask that later, like I said. So think about that now. Dan, what did you think of the shorts? So I'm very upset because the one short that I made a point of watching beforehand um, didn't get nominated. Oh, which one? Uh, the Speed Cubers. Oh, I heard about that. I think also, I think Howitt was a fan of that one too. I how was a fan of it. Josh Parham also really liked it. And that everywhere that I was reading up on the shorts, that was kind of the one that everyone seemed to like best and agreed was a front runner in documentary short and it didn't get nominated. So I'm a little bit salty about these nominees, frankly. <laughs> also too, genuinely shocking that they had an opportunity to nominate Pedro Almodovar for the human voice starring Tilda Swinton. And it's not here. Well, the, the shorts, uh, branch, I guess can be a little territorial. They don't like going for big name directors a lot. Um, and like they show up very rarely, but when they do, everyone sort of assumes that they're shoe ins. And then most of the times they actually don't get nominated. It's, mm. it's very weird. Yeah. But you know what they do, though? Instead of uh, picking the established directors, they make established directors mm -hmm. in the future. So it's always very interesting to see when you take a look at the films and get a chance to acclimate yourself with the filmmakers. You know, you could be looking at the next Martin McDonough, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. who knows? All right. Best original song. We have... Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7. Husevik, My Hometown from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Scene from The Life Ahead. And Speak Now from One Night in Miami. I, I am disappointed that um, All In didn't get in here, um, especially because I didn't get in um, elsewhere. 
Um, and I really thought this would be a nice place to reward it. But overall, this is a nice lineup, I think. I think with the exception of one nominee here, this is so close to being a perfect lineup. I don't know. I am not a huge fan of this lineup because all but one of them are end credit songs. And frankly, if you played any one of them like a random 10 to 15 second snippet, I would not be able to tell you what song it was, except for the Italian one. Now, I could identify Speak Now because my mother plays that song continually whenever I'm at my parents' house. (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm not joking. I hear it at least five times every time I'm there for the day. Uh, But I will say my favorite song did not get nominated. I knew it wasn't going to. That's fine. But I love the fact that we can now say the Oscar-nominated film Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. (laughs) Like, that, I haven't even watched it yet. But the fact that, like, that got nominated just fills me with such joy because it's one of those, like, I'm sorry, what? That I feel like people, like, 20 years from now will be like, what was the, that film? Like, wait a second. I um, That was the last film I watched before the nominations. I watched it uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday evening. I had not seen <laughs> it, actually, up until that point. Um, I had heard the song uh, prior to watching it, but I decided to watch the movie in full. And I have to admit, seeing the movie and then having the build up to the moment towards the end when they do sing the song, it definitely helps a lot to Dan's point. Uh, that the rest of these other songs are end credit songs. And this song actually has like a thematic point. It works in with the characters, the story, and it's very big. It's very emotional. I am so happy that it's here. It, it, it was between this or like Wuhan flu as far as like a comedy movie that they could have possibly have nominated here. And I'm just really glad it was this one. So yeah, Wuhan flu is my favorite song of the year. So I would have loved to, uh, seen that in the mix and i honestly think it was uh, pretty close considering how well borat subsequent movie film did overall so maybe it was like six or seven who knows i know that uh during our nominations uh live reaction which you can listen to on our or watch rather on our uh, patreon page i know that when borat showed up in earlier categories there was this like collective feeling of like is borat about to get in the song and picture like what <laughs> what is going on over here yeah we weren't sure but as yeah. for this actual five uh, i actually haven't seen eurovision i don't even know the song so that one aside looking at the four that i have heard uh this isn't anything special i i yeah. really can't re- really? get behind any of these like if you put a gun to my head and said sing a line from speak now i, I just couldn't do it you know you'd say bye bye michael at that point yeah i think a lot of people equate uh who's a Vic with wuhan flu and they're two completely different songs mm-hmm. uh, you know wuhan flu is a joke song yeah and it works well within the context of it, that film but this is a very emotionally powerful in context song uh, from Eurovision. And I, I think it for me, it checks all the boxes, not a not an end credit song, something that's incorporated. It's something that has a dramatic punch and it checks all three for me. Yeah. It also really helped to to have um, One Night in Miami and Judas get their uh, nomination tally boosted by the inclusion of these songs as well. And, you know. I, I think I feel a little bit more passionately about these uh, nominees maybe than others, but, you know, I'm I'm pretty pleased overall. Uh, but it was also a pretty good year, I think, for the category, too. There was a lot of really great nominees. You know, Ryan, you mentioned All In, Fight for Democracy. Um, there was a potential uh, possibility of Minari or, or, or uh, Sound of Metal getting in here, you know, so they could have gone any number of different ways with the shortlist, so... Moving over then to Best Original Score, keeping up with the uh, music categories here. 
We have Terrence Blanchard for Defive Bloods, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for Mank, Emil Masseri from Minari, James Newton Howard for News of the World, and Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste for Soul. I'm so happy for Minari. That's a really nice nomination for an excellent score. <laughs> yep. Oscar nominee Emil Mosseri. Let's fucking go. I'm so you know what? They heard the last black man in San Francisco and they're like, we got to get this guy in the club. Yeah. What's the next yeah. thing he's doing? <laughs> uh, it makes me well, so happy. I, I don't think there is a score that I can just like hear a few notes of this year and just cry. <laughs> Except Minari. <laughs> So like it it did its job and I am so I was so so happy that it came in here. I, I if somebody had told me early on that the Five Bloods would only get one nomination, I probably wouldn't have guessed this one. No, but I'm very happy it happened. I have mixed feelings about this. If I'm being completely honest with you, it it feels so insignificant to me that the only nomination for this film is score that at that point I would rather they just didn't do it when it happened when they said Five Bloods for score I was thinking oh well this is going to happen it's going to be screenplay it's going to be Delroy it's going to be Chadwick it's going to be Spike Lee it's going to be best picture and it just didn't happen it was a blip so right I'm glad it could stay in the books as getting an Oscar nomination like when people look back at the movies 50 years from now they'll see something called the five bloods and maybe go watch it so i like it in that context but it really was a big tease well i you know whenever i had a similar reaction i actually thought that whenever this was announced i was like oh gosh are we gonna get like a buster scruggs moment like where all these nominations come way out of the blue um I, it didn't happen but like uh, you know it's it's good work and i'm glad he's here yeah i really like the score from the five bloods i Never really bought into it being a huge Oscar contender, but I was I was well, I was disappointed for the actors. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, that it didn't go better for them. But it it's nice that it has representation in here and better that than some of the other options. Well, former winners, Alexandra Desplot for The Midnight Sky. I know many of us here kind of breathe the collective sigh of relief of like, all right, they didn't just like name check necessarily for that. Uh, yeah. But then also you have uh, Ludwig Gorenson for uh, Tenet, who landed a couple of precursor nominations. Uh, he didn't show up here. And I can't really complain about those two being left off because at the end of the day, you know, a common theme with the nominations in general is that the front runners or the major front runners uh did not get snubbed anywhere and you know i know a lot of us were like wondering man you know soul has been leading the uh best original score category with the precursors for so long is there a chance that it could get snubbed because it split votes with mank or something nope it's still here Mm -hmm. double nomination for trent reznor and atticus ross so yeah, I think I think it's very interesting though that literally almost in every single category, at least I'm pretty sure every category, no front runners were snubbed. So that that also helped though I think with um you know you, you had a lot of uh, fringe contenders that were on the bubble of getting into categories mm-hmm. like the Five Bloods in this case, and they were able to just like sneak by right in there as you know the perceived number five or four. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What was really interesting also in score, going back to Bloods for a second, is Terrence Blanchard was someone who couldn't get arrested by the Academy for years. Nope. He had so many worthy scores and was snubbed year after year. 
And it's like right after he got that nomination for Black Landsman in 2018, maybe he's like a member of the club now. Maybe they just turned to him. That's what I'm thinking, too. Hey, I'm yeah. not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. They woke up. It's a good thing. Sometimes it takes them a little while to get there. And again, like, I, I like the score. I, I do think it's a good score. Do I think it's the best? No, not necessarily. But like, I'm I'm glad it's here. And if it's only here because it's Terrence Blanchard's name on it, well, the I don't care. Could have been a lot worse. I could, I could think of worse things. Yeah. <laughs> and look, like, I like show me a score that is working harder for its movie than The Midnight Skies this past year. But is it one of Alexandre Desplat's best scores? No. <laughs> no. So then we move on next to uh, best visual effects. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our reactions to the 93rd Academy Award nominations here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to our Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this podcast and other exclusive podcast content from us over at nextbestpicture.com, including a video of us reacting to the nominations live as they happened. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.